G'day, I'm Barry Green, partner in Radio WA, 87.6 FM in East Perth. In another life, we've got an organic farm at Donnybrook, and I'm passionate about using tourism to connect farmers and, and eaters. Agriculture is in a period of profound change at the moment, and that change is being driven increasingly by innovative farmers and researchers. And while organic farmers have perhaps been considered the loony left for a long time, increasingly there's a realisation that the future lies in working with nature and not beating it over the head with a stick. So I was especially heartened to see Alana McTinnan the WA Minister for Agriculture and for Regional Development, give a glowing introduction to Charles Massey, the author of the book Call of the Reed Warbler, A New Agriculture, A New Earth. Charles has been a successful farmer for 35 years, but his ongoing concern about land degradation and human sustainability challenge led him in 2009 to undertake a PhD in human ecology. Let's listen to that introduction that the Minister has on her Facebook page and what Charles Massey has to say. Sometimes to bring people with you, you have to do something different. You have to issue a wake-up call. It's dramatic. We're standing on the edge. I really do believe we are standing on the edge of the species as we go into the Anthropocene, especially given the political leadership around the world. Uh, We are in... A phase of Earth's history now that makes world wars look like chicken feet. We really are. And people in this room, whether they're researchers supporting farmers and farmers, we're one of the, some of the people, as well as consumer decisions, that can make a difference. In the same way as innovative farmers are looking at better ways to do things, to produce better food with less toxic inputs, the slow food movement is evolving as... Farmers and chefs work together to bring more traditional food to not so much the consumers, to eaters. I think the word consumers is always a problem in terms of agriculture. The concept of producing a commodity is the problem. It's not a commodity, it's food and it's the foundation of our civilization and our health and well-being. And as soon as you commoditize something, I think it loses its real value. And that's where the slow food movement is so important. So I'm delighted to be able to talk to Vincenzo Villetri, the convener of the Swan Valley Slow Food Movement. G'day, Vincenzo. G'day, Barry. How are you? Very good. Now, tell us, what's slow food all about and what's Swan Valley Slow Food doing? Well, slow food, we can say, starts with a bit of um, like a joke. Uh, when uh, McDonald uh, come to uh, Rome, um, some of gourmet people in Italy say, you know, um, homogenization of the food is not something that we can accept in this country. So they create a, a movement that was believed to go against the fast food. That's the name, slow food, come on board. However, in the years, this movement has moved in a different uh, bigger direction and today is probably one of the most powerful voice in the world because it's international become an international movement um, about food how we produce the food and why the food should be looked in a different direction than a commodity as you were saying before so um, we the Swan Valley 
slow food movement is a branch. So slow food is organized in a different uh, uh, way. We got the center part, which is uh, Slow Food International, which is uh, usually in uh, uh, in Bra in Italy. And uh, then there is uh, the local activity, which is organized as a convivium or as uh, a local community food community. We got the, our local convi- uh, convivium, which is Swan Valley and Eastern Regions. I found that convivium about eight years ago. We start with a few friends uh, just sitting around the table and to try to organize uh, dinners where we can connect the producers with the people we, they will come to the dinner. So to introduce this new concept of where your food comes from and uh, meet the producer, talk with them, uh, understand what they're doing, uh, how they're doing it, why they're doing that way, how hard it is to produce a kilo of apple, how hard it is to produce a kilo whatever, or a beef, a piece of beef, or whatever. Uh, so to make the consumer, although probably wouldn't use that word, aware of what all the work that is behind producing a piece of food. Uh, because I believe uh, one of the main problems that we have is that we lost the connection with the producers. As a city folks, we don't know what is happening in the country. And that's um, yeah, that's uh, created I think a lot of problems, uh, and w- the fact that with the years, uh, um, because of the technology, because of the chemistry, we decided that the food could be just a commodity is not what is need for your body to live, but it's just something like you put a petrol in the car because you have to run the car. Um, I will never, um, I will never forget the first time I met Carlo Petrini in Italy, and um, we were talking at the table, and he said to me, "You know, uh, you have to understand that um, the joke with, the, you know, in Italy we are very famous with what we have in, uh, in under the pants and on top of the pants." <laughs> okay, so those jokes are the adore, which is one of the uh, the famous trendy uh, jokes. I put on me, I feel great, beautiful, oh, look what I got, you know. Then I have a piece of food. That food, it becomes, in a while, becomes Carlo Petrini. The joke is still the joke, still outside of Carlo Petrini. He never become me. And that kicked me in and said, oh, geez, you know, this is a very interesting thing to think about. I mean, we give more importance to the joke or to the Ferrari than what we put in our mouth, and what the, that is still a Ferrari, what we put in our mouth becomes Carlo Petrini or Vincenzo Velletri at this stage, you know. And that was, uh, um, pushed me all the way up to uh, today to do something and let people to understand that what we put in our mouth is very important. One of the big uh, gourmet, chef gourmet says always, we are what we eat, and this is the reality. So Swan Valley Convivio has been working from, you know, moved from uh, a mere three people sitting at the table to a nice uh, large convivio where we got more than 14 people part of uh, our committee and we're doing work uh, on uh, uh, different projects. We do participate to international projects, so we are part of, uh, we're doing a project which is called Arc of the Taste. Uh, uh, which is a sort of a catalog of all the food that is on the verge of extinction around the world. And we're very proud that we got nine 
of those food, which is, uh, I think at the moment, uh, is about uh, 4,000 from all around the world, are part of our slow food in the, in the Western Australia, part of Western Australia. So that's uh, one of the projects. Also, we just launched a new project, which is called uh, Snail of Approval, uh, which means that we encourage producers that they do their product in a good, clean, and fair way. So the food that is good, that's clean, so as less as possible the environment, and fair, the, where there is a fair price paid by the consumer to the producer, in the same way the producer has to have the right of living a good life like anybody else. Um, so and uh, we, what we do, we're giving them a sort of uh, ticket of approval. Uh, they can put in their farm gate or they, uh, if they are part of the um, farm, farmer's market, in front of their store, the farmer's market, or on top of their um, products, which are good, clean and fair. And so to create the awareness from the, the general public that if they see the little snail on the products, is that product has been created good, clean and fair, is part of the good claim for policy. I think that's so interesting what you say there and, you know, we, we're forever being told that uh, with the food we have in the world we're getting healthier and healthier and yet our health bill is blowing out exponentially. So I think there's a fundamental thing there and, and while we talk about the quality of our food, we've evolved to eat foods that have been grown through an evolutionary process or a process created by God, whichever you choose to believe. We haven't evolved to eat all these processed foods and all the chemicals that have all derived from fossil fuels and that actually acquire a lot of fossil fuels to produce them. Well, definitely, you know, the, our health has been dangerous. You can see in all the, the evolved country, we've got a huge problem. Obesity, uh, heart attack, you name it. Uh, it's, all, it's, all part of, um, it's all part of the fact that the food that we eat is not the food that we actually are built for. Uh, so we introduce in ourselves toxin and, uh, and lots of different stuff that we should never put in our, in our mouth. Uh, and that, of course, will damage our health in the, on the long run. I, I, do, I do believe. And also the, the thing is we have been bombarded by the media, by the television, by the radio, I'm sorry to say that, that uh, we uh, have to have food which is a commodity in terms that's to be fast, quick, available at all the time and any anywhere around the world. You can have anything around the world because we got the power of the money. But that's, it doesn't help us because those food is so much in clean or being produced with very high percentage of chemicals that they're not going, doing any good to our health. And um, and you see, the world at the moment is working around the money. I will never forget, that. I got this guy up in the mountains where I come from, Italy. And uh, he he's still up there because I went last, when I went last time. Um, he is just on the top of the valley, just on top of the hill. You go right there, up there, and then you go down to see the, the other part of the valley. He sells food up there. He's got his big blackboard and says, 
okay, you are in. If you are in the middle of the desert, and you got a million dollars, and you're hungry, what are you going to do with that million dollar? You can eat that. So just sit down here, have some good food, and enjoy yourself. I love that, Vincenzo, and I think you, you made reference to, to radio and, and all the media contributing to it, and uh, at Radio WA, we, we aren't sponsored by these sort of companies, so we can present an alternative point of view. That's very good. That's We like it. You know, it is important that people start to realise that uh, there is other people doing things in a different way, and we should support, we should support the local community, we should support the local food producers, we should support the small producers, because there is important, to, why is important to protect our small producer? Because they are the one that they are holding on our biodiversity. If we lose our biodiversity, it means that we're losing our health more and more. If we are, as they doing today, pushing us to eat only, um, you know, broccoli and cauliflower, and only one variety, we finish up, then we got a problem. Because if tomorrow something happens, some virus attack that uh, that plants, we got no chance to survive. This has happened before, hasn't it? Look at the potato famine of Ireland. So you're right, the, the whole stability through diversity concept, I think, is quite profound. It's what permaculture is based on. And it seems to me there's two competing ideologies between stability through diversity and the so-called economies of scale which is being taken to the nth degree and is becoming a real problem definitely yeah i think if we don't protect our biodiversity definitely we are going to have some huge problems um and uh, and this is another thing that we working um also as a slow food in general and slow food in uh, in the swan valley as well is uh, to try to uh, boost up our biodiversity and uh, one of the things that fascinated me is also what biodiversity we have or we did have in Australia on its own without the imported planted and uh, I've been um, talking with more and more indigenous people to try to understand what amount of food amount of knowledge they have on the food that was here they're still here we just we need to rediscover and helping them to helping us to discover it because it's a very I think it's a very important and talking about also biosecurity. I mean we got and climate change. We got products here that could be easily adapted to this country, but we decide to completely ignore it and to bring something which is completely exotic to this country, and we made a problem to the land. I mean, you know, if we think about, even just if we think about the past, like uh, the the fox or the rabbits, you know, we, we introduce something here which is completely not part of this environment. Well, you bring so much insight to this, Vincenzo, and I really look forward to working with you and the Swan Valley Slow Food Movement to tell these stories and uh, see what we can do in the future. Oh, definitely. We're happy to come on board and uh, working with you guys. Um, we've got plenty of stories out there that we can tell. Thanks very much for uh, the opportunity and, um, yeah, looking forward to see you very soon. Well, that's great. And earlier in the piece we did speak about Charles Massey's book, The Call of the Reed Warbler, and uh, I think it's a fascinating read. If you're interested in food, if you're interested in the future of this planet for your children and grandchildren, 
grab a copy of Charles Massey's Call of the Reed Warbler. You're listening to Radio WA 87.6 FM in East Perth. 